0: This episode is dedicated to my guest's fathers, Liston Abbott, Wayne Abbott's father, and Max Duget, Max and Pierre's father, who was also my father-in-law. They were loved, and they have left a remarkable fingerprint on their son's lives as well as their grandchildren. Welcome to What is Black podcast, the podcast where we have conversations to help parents of black children navigate The negative narratives of being black. I'm your host, Jacqueline Duget, a pediatrician and mom of two. And in today's episode, we pay tribute to black fathers in celebration of Father's Day. It was important for me to do this episode because I don't feel black fathers are celebrated enough. I've been blessed and honored to know so many wonderful black fathers that I wanted to honor them. And you'll hear from three of them today my brother in law, Pierre Duget, my husband, Max Duget, and family friend, Wayne Abbott. This conversation is an excerpt from, um, a longer conversation that I had with them, um, for an upcoming interview. And I just wanted to share their wonderful conversation and they share so many reflections of fatherhood. So I'll, I'll let us get into the conversation. And then at the end, I'll share some of my, uh, my observations. Hope you enjoy this episode.
1: About all the similarities between, um, not only what we're trying to do with our kids, but also with our experiences with our fathers and things like that is, you know, earlier Max was talking about, you know, it's it's a foreign concept to him uh, to sort of the idea of, you know, your parenting job is done at 18. And I'm like, you know what, it's a foreign parent thing because foreign parents, they, they're never done, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it, it's funny because I think that our, you know, the the similarity of our upbringing through the West Indian and Caribbean background is very um, is very obvious and very sort of prevalent to be able to sort of understand like some of the things you're talking about through those similarities of that. Not only West Indian culture, but I mean, I have friends that are from South American background, African background, and and I just think that. Uh, you know, there's, there's so many similarities and overlapping sort of traits and qualities. You know, I even have friends of mine that, from work that are Indian and, and to hear some of the stories they tell about their parents. Uh, you know, it's just it's funny to see the commonalities in terms of, you know, what the sort of expectation and standard is for, for being, you know, uh, fathers and also parents as well. Um, so it, yeah, it, it's, it's very interesting to see. And then like Wayne said, I mean, we, um, our relationships, they are, they probably, you know, they, they definitely overlap in terms of family because of just the fact that I, I can remember how many times Wayne, you were at our house sitting on the steps with me and Max and my dad, and just, you know, we were out there till it got dark in the summertime, just talking oh, yeah. about, it, you know, what, you know? So yeah, we yeah, had yeah. some good times.
2: Too many uh, fond memories. I mean, if I if I just think about one thing, your dad used to have me hollering with some of his stories. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't know if it's is a Caribbean thing or what, but the storytelling abilities, you know, of our fathers sometimes and stuff, and, you know, just the way that that is a vehicle to impart information. Um, yes. You know, your, your dad was just... Uh, an epic storyteller in that, uh, in that way. Uh, you know, he was just able to convey so much information, you know, and, uh, you know, all the circumstances that he had to deal with and the, just, uh, uh that, that Caribbean ethic that he brought to the table in terms of how he navigated those things and stuff was just, uh, was just priceless. I mean, if there's one thing that I, that I would say that is a big difference that I see, at least in terms of, you know, our fathers to us and then us to our kids. I don't know if it's the same way with your guys, but the environment that the kids are growing up today is so different in the sense that, you know, I think we were somewhat of the last generation where the social issues were just so obvious, you know. Um, you know, where it doesn't hit them in the same way. So I do find some difficulty in conveying the the, the need for excellence, especially as young black kids. Yeah. Um, I, I find it much more difficult. It was like so obvious, like, right? you know, when the, the, the racism, the overt nature of it, when we were kind of coming up, um, it just isn't there in the same way. I mean, it's obviously there. Um. But it's just not as visceral, so it doesn't have the same reaction. The last time I really remember my son having, you know, a, a, uh, a reaction to something is when um, Trayvon uh, Martin got killed. And, you know, he, he was a little bit younger at the time, but, you know, he, he, he definitely saw Something wrong with that situation, mm-hmm. and you know I've tried to impart other things to him since then. Um, but it's just you know it doesn't have the same impact because I don't think you know from a from a cultural standpoint, which you see on TV, social media, and so forth. You know that stark contrast that was there when we are coming up just doesn't exist. So I, that part I do find difficult in trying to you know keep them aware of what's going to be coming you know uh, uh coming down the pike um but you know you just got to keep trying at it and stuff like that but that was one of the things that your dad was great at and stuff he would bring those stories and stuff and it was just uh, uh funny to uh listen to him um you know in the comical sense but then you know from the seriousness of it all he definitely brought that to the table
3: yeah it's, it's definitely interesting uh contrast, uh, you know, in terms of how things are presented now versus when we were growing up. Um, And similar to uh, Wisner's reaction, you know, our boys have had uh, some reactions based on things they've seen. And the one thing that jumps out to me is how much more access to information they have than, than we did. A lot of the things that, uh, that we learned about tend, tended to be through, uh, you know, either either through the books and history classes or through, you know, the types of conversations that that we would have with my father, um, you know. And and nowadays, you know, I, I look at uh, Emmanuel Eman, probably a little more than Malcolm. Malcolm's a little more introspective, so you don't always get some of his thoughts and ideas but with Emmanuel you know he'll see something and he'll tell you right away what his thoughts are on it and um uh, i mean i i think back to when when um uh, uh, let me see i guess it was the second term that um uh, obama was going through and i remember Emmanuel being a little kid and Jackie and I would have conversations with him uh you know, about politics, you know, I guess it was around 12 years old, maybe 12, 13, maybe even younger. I'm not sure. But it was interesting because I thought to myself, I, I didn't know a damn thing about politics at that age to even think about having a conversation, even if it was with just my parents. And, you know, that, that, that all that bombardment of information, you know, is, is, forcing them to force, uh, uh, form opinions a lot earlier. And, you know, without having the ability to have conversations, you know, with us as parents, you know, the same way my father would have, you know, with us on, on that, uh, front, on those front steps, you know, I can't help but wonder, you know, what exactly would they be able to do or how would they take all that information and then, you know, kind of weed through all that, because like you said, the, the, the issue of race is a whole other thing. You know, I mean, I, I've, I've gotten real angry with some of the things that the guys have gone through. And to my surprise, their reactions were like nothing compared to mine. And I'm, I'm, there've been times I often wondered, do do they even know what's happening? You know, because again, it's, it's more subtle, uh, it, it's more of like a, a mind game, if you will, as opposed to just, you know, simply saying you're this or you're that. It's more of a uh, trying to influence people on, on a on a mental level as opposed to just telling them flat out what you think. You know, yeah. and it's really interesting to, to kind of see, you know, how do they address that? How do they navigate it? And how do they how do they uh, uh analyze it in their own way and the truth is you know I, I there are times you know i get i'll get angry but i have to allow them to uh kind of accept it as they see it i mean i remember when my father used to talk to us you know uh he, he would talk to us about coming to the country in the 60s and how overt the racism was and you know to a degree i guess we kind of went through what our kids are going through in that, you know, yeah, it was still bad, but it wasn't probably nearly as bad as what my father went through, or I'm guessing your dad may have gone through, Wayne. But the the evolution of it all is, is certainly uh, uh, an interesting, it's an interesting thing to watch if you can kind of pull yourself out of it and just kind of view view it from a distance. Interesting stuff.
1: Yeah, I I think, yeah, that's the thing. It's like now it's a much more subtle thing um, because, you know, a lot of the stuff that we took as almost like speaking for us, you know, Wayne, I always talk about your your T-shirts and your sweatshirt line. And I remember when you had that, the sweatshirt that said, um, That was uh, Black by Nature, Proud by Choice, right? And I went to the school, you know, I went to the Catholic school where, you know, my freshman and sophomore year, there were less than 10 black kids in the whole class of over 350. And I used to wear that sweatshirt (laughs) as often as possible on on out-of-uniform day. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I remember the first time I wore it, my religion teacher, of all people, commented on it. Uh, because it was a day that I had to do a presentation. And she irritated me very much because she was saying, Oh, I find this shirt fascinating. And it was a bit sort of uh, patronizing because she turned it into, Well, this is how we should express our faith. You know, that we're Catholic by nature, but we're proud by. I'm like, No, 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 no. Mm, like, cool. that's, 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 no, there's no comparison here. And I remember even then sort of understanding, like you said, the sort of just overt and blatant sort of tamping down of anything that was thought to be, you know, uh, uh, anything that was thought to provoke any sort of conversation on race was always tried to be sort of, you know, subjugated. And I remember walking down the hallway and just almost wanting to start a fight with somebody to say something. And uh, because I was just like it was something that you dealt with every day. And, you know, with the kids, I mean, Sam's not at that age, but I mean, also he's at a public school that's so diverse and they have, you know, in the cafeteria, they have flags of almost every country that's represented in the school the flags are posted up all around the school, uh, the cafeteria building. And so the kids, their their perspective is completely different now. Um, And so there's positives and negatives to it. Um, My daughter's school, you know, they're a a very, you know, they're they're a very exclusive private school, but they have a real agenda because they're a Quaker school on inclusion and diversity, particularly as it pertains to uh, black versus white. And so she's very aware and cognizant, probably much more so than I was at that age. But the, the concepts are different because of the subtleties that exist now that, that didn't quite exist before, and the fact that you know, black culture is in many ways no longer black culture; it's pop culture now. You know, like hip hop is pop culture, whereas for us, hip hop was black culture. And yeah, a lot of people don't recognize the difference. You know, the, the subtlety of you know having. <laughs> these, you know, having these, these actors or actresses, white actors or white actresses, and they dress a certain way. So they're quote unquote cool. Whereas, you know, you had some of these, you know, some of the people that were our, um, you know, the the, the the popular actors and musicians and things of our generation, you know, no, it, it's not the same thing. And so, you know, we, this something that she's very, it's very upfront with her. Like her school just had a a presentation on the value of HBCU, you know, and and why the opportunities there are great and why that those are not things to be dismissed. I mean, I thought that was stunning for them to have that sort of presentation at a school that's overwhelmingly white. Hmm. And so she, you know, she's very much more aware and cognizant of it, but I don't think that, the approach is very good, but the approach also doesn't, in my opinion, account enough yet for this as an obstacle versus a change, you know? And so it's, it's an interesting thing because she's not at the age where she's had to deal with, you know, that sort of overt sort of stuff. And, and like you said, it's there, but it's a much more subtle way. And so you have to sort of be cognizant of yourself and what's going on around you. So interesting yeah. Very
2: much. yeah, it's uh it's a different uh it's a different dynamic, you know, uh it's a different imperative uh how you have to deal with it these days with them. Um you know, but uh, it's 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 interesting though because, you know, for you know many years we bring you know um the kid my son in particular came to both of them because he had more flexibility uh to, to bring your kid to work days. And, uh, you know, I tell him, I said, look, I said, uh, you know, if you'd have told me that I was going to be one of the few in my uh, career, you know, still, oh, you know, 30 years later, I would have said, nah, that's not possible. Uh, but I said, but here it is, this is the situation that you're going to be dealing with. And, you know, you may not understand it fully now, but you will. And you're going to have to make a decision about the best way to, uh, overcome these issues. So, you know, hopefully, uh, those little moments like that, you know, they'll store it in the back of their head and they'll figure it out at some point. And maybe they'll say, Hey, you know, maybe he was right. <laughs> maybe there was something he was trying to tell me, but I just couldn't hear at the time. And, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll act on it. And maybe even come back to uh, us at some point to say, Hey, how can we, uh, you know, how can we uh, best navigate this? And you know, like we said, that uh, fathering thing is a lifelong commitment. So you just uh, you know, dust off those chops and try and do it again at a different uh, at a different stage in their life. Yeah, keep yeah.
3: telling them they, they they hear you. You got you just got to keep telling them.
2: Yeah, I mean,
1: it's with all this stuff like you said with Trayvon and 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 Tamir Rice and, and all of this stuff. It's like. I take it different, like, I, I wonder, because obviously, you know, my, my young guy is five, so he's clearly not of the age for that. And, like, right now, I just gave him a haircut, and I let him have a mohawk. And I'm, like, but I had to, I, I really wrestled with letting him have it, because I'm like, well, what are they going to see when they see this kid? You know, like, I think about that. Like, What kind of perspective are they going to look at when they see him? Because he's a five-year-old, energetic, bright, interesting young kid but i'm like well when they see him do they does any is any of that going to even be visualized going i say oh here we go you know and you know it's like i don't want to stifle him but at the same time i worry about the fact that through no fault of his own just because he wants to do something that a couple of his friends are doing now all of a sudden he's a stereotype so It's, it's something that's always on the back of my mind. And I mean, I haven't had any conversations with him about it because it's really not, it's just not the the time for that. But ultimately I let him have it. And I said, okay, I'll let him have it because I want him to be free to be himself. And I I want him to, you know, over time, he'll understand how being himself has to be navigated. But for right now I'm like, well, he's going to be with me. So Besides school, you know, there's not really a time and a place where he's not with, there's not really too many places where he's not with me or he's not with his mom. So that's why ultimately I said, okay, you know, he wants to do it, you know, within reason. Sure. No problem. And then, you know, I talked to him about like, you know, he's like, oh, how long am I going to let it grow? And I'm like, not that long. (laughs) Like, we're not going to let it get sky high or anything like that. We're still going to operate within certain bounds, but, you know, be yourself. That's what he wants to do. He wants to be
3: himself. Yeah. Uh, You've seen we're going through that as well. Yeah. Uh, Wayne Emmanuels opted to get his hair twisted and trying to get them to lock and all that. And similarly, it's like you know, to me, I kind of dreaded the idea simply be uh, sorry for the pun, uh, simply because the uh, you know of other people's perceptions. But you know, I'm watching his hair grow longer and. I mean, you know the kid looks the kid looks good, he looks great. it's not my personal taste, but the kid looks great, and he walks around with it beaming in confidence, you know and it, it, i i I put it into a perspective where uh you know I remember being a kid uh, in in college, and I told my mother, "Oh, I'm getting my ear pierced," and my mother didn't even you know uh have a conversation with me. she just simply said, "No, you're not." So, uh, yeah actually i am and you know i came home with the earring and you know she went off she said oh i don't believe you did this i said i told you i was doing it <laughs> and, you know but you know i, I kind of look at those things you know the haircuts the you know at some point you know emmanuel smart enough he knows if he's going to have to uh, uh, get a, a serious job that, you know, he's going to have to present himself a certain way. And, you know, maybe that type of haircut isn't going to be best suited for him. Uh, but in the meantime, you know, yeah, some, somebody's going to have a per- perceptions about him. And unfortunately, I, I kind of look at it as their problem. Uh, and, and hopefully he, he kind of leaves it at their doorstep as well. But, um uh, You know, there are other concerns also that, you know, we still got to watch. You know, he and uh, Malcolm are of driving age now. So, you know, that whole issue of them possibly getting pulled over, you know, that that I lose sleep over stuff like that. But, you know, you you, you can't stifle who they are simply because of other people's perceptions. You know, you got to let them be. and, And again, going back to making sure that all the lessons that they've learned for all those years, they'll come to fruition at some point. And I'm finding that they do. You know, there are times I feel like I should say something and I don't. And I'm like, oh, that was easy. They figured it out.
0: (laughs) So those were the reflections of fatherhood from my guests. And I loved um, their openness with each other. But I think it just reflects um the long standing relationship that they that they all have for the most part you know even though my husband and brother-in-law are literally brothers Wayne is also sort of an adopted brother as well because they've known each other for so long and i think it's important to show fathers in this light right to reflect the realness and the love that they have for one another and also for their children the lessons they learn from their fathers and they pass it down to their kids i think is wonderful And I hope that, you know, the media can portray um, fathers in this authentic light more and more. I love these guys. Um, I can't thank them enough for being so authentic and open and honest and allowing me. And I'm also very grateful for them um, allowing me to share this conversation, which was recorded post um, our interview. So it really wasn't um, the actual interview that was done. It was just them, just riffing off each other, and just, just as old friends, just sitting back talking, um, like they talked about before, as if they were on the stoop um, with my husband's and my brother-in-law's father, my father-in-law. Um, he was a great example. He was a wonderful father. Um, Such so, so was so was my father, and I hope to have him um, one day um, on a special episode where you know where I get to interview him and have reflections of him raising me and my 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 childhood with my dad so thank you everyone for listening to this episode and again I want to wish all the fathers um, a very special father's day happy father's day and we celebrate you each and every day for um, all that you do until next time